sometimes you have to get creative, but you have to commit and figure it out. Like Grant Cardone says in the 10X rule, you commit and you figure it out later. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Christina Vandergrift. Christina is joining us from Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. She's a full-time broker and owns two brokerages in Pennsylvania and in New York. Christina owns and operates several commercial properties, including office, vacation rentals, a car wash, and hundreds of acres of oil and gas that have mineral rights as well. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today, and how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. So I have been in real estate since 2005. I started off as just a realtor and worked my way up into owning the company, getting involved in single family rentals, commercial rentals, and then eventually into vacation rentals also. And I own and operate, like you said, a variety of businesses from vacation rental management company to car wash and settlement company. So we're very diverse. (laughs) Yeah, what a unique background. So you were in the rental business for single families and commercial properties. Correct. And did you have an epiphany? Why do people do single family when there's commercial opportunities out there? So for me, the single family was like get my feet wet situation, I think. I'd seen so many others do it as far as clients. So I knew I wanted to invest in real estate. I started selling when I was 20. So I started investing when I was 22. And once we got into the commercial industry, though, it's night and day. You don't have people trashing your houses and not paying their rent potentially. And then, as I said, vacation rentals. And that took it one step further because it's fun. You have the potential to make more money and you can be as involved or as hands-off as you would like to be also. At 22 years old, you had your first investment. What was that? It was my very first house. And it was crazy because not many 22-year-old females are buying homes. And I did it despite my dad telling me I was an idiot to do so because it needed a lot of work. And I kept it for a few years, put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it, and then upsized. And then that property ended up being my first traditional rental. And once I got a taste of it and could see the potential and the equity and everything I was building and tax write-offs, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to do more. So I had gotten married in the scheme of all of that. And my husband was a big no person for the longest time. And 10 years later, now that he's seen everything, he says, yes, 99% of the time, thankfully. (laughs) Did you ask your dad for help on that first rehab or were you destined to prove him wrong and do it yourself? Oh gosh. So I took him through there just because I felt like I needed his blessing and I proved him wrong. Like many other things. You did it all on your own. Yeah. Ripping and tearing. And there were days that I just wanted to sell it or have it bulldozed over. 
But real estate for me and for most people, it's such a safe investment opportunity. And it was a no-brainer. And I like to rub it in his face that that (laughs) single investment then turned into two houses and then four houses and then land and everything else from that same equity that has grown. All right. Well, take us back there. You have one under your belt. You turn it into a rental. What's next? So we ended up continuing to do it and using equity to just buy more and building that equity. And in the midst of all of that, my mom who had owned our brokerage decided to sell. So that was the next big project that we did was buying the property and then growing that business, which as scary as it was, then led us into the opportunities to buy many other properties and other exposure to commercial and everything else that we're doing. What did your dad think when he found out you wanted to buy the brokerage? At that point, him and my mom had actually split up. So he was like, well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm sure you could do it better than your mom. But no, my dad, it's funny. He's a pessimistic person. But now he says he did that to help push me and motivate me. (laughs) At the time, I know he was waiting for me to fail. But I think that we have a lot of those people in our lives. And we just have to dig in and lean in and work. And over time, it'll compound. Christina, how old were you when you took over the brokerage? I was 29. Okay, so you've got about seven years of experience in real estate, and now you're doing commercial and residential. Mm -hmm. What was that transition like? Even though I had seen so many other people do it, it was so interesting, especially when we would occupy our own businesses and our commercial spaces too. A huge benefit and a huge eye-opener just because it's just a whole different world, different clientele, and it made me want to continue to do more, which then gave me the motivation to build a car wash and to open up a settlement company, and we own all those buildings also. Wait, you didn't buy a car wash? You built one? No, we literally built one from the ground up, and ironically, we closed on Mountain Valley in June of 16, we opened Six West Settlements in January 17, and in 18, when we committed to buying the property across the street from our real estate company and build a car wash, that same week we found out my husband's position at Shell as a uh, construction superintendent was going to be eliminated. So it was my opportunity, sink or swim, to dig in and figure it out. And as scary as it was, going $1.5 million in debt at that point to literally from the ground up, build a car wash from scratch. It was such a blessing because he did a lot of the work himself and managed the contractors too. Why a car wash? I can think of a million other things to build. (laughs) So it's a crazy story, but fate would have it. A few years before that, I was on a motorcycle trip in Florida and there was a gentleman on the trip with us that owned car washes. And just something about having passive income, at least you think it's passive, And when you have one, it's a whole different thing because there's people and in maintenance every day and everything else. But I had that gut feeling that I needed to do it. And there was a vacant lot across the street from my real estate office. And I pictured it there. And I had approached the owner at that point to sell it. And he wasn't ready. And three years later, he ended up being ready and we made it happen. Yeah. So they're not passive, just like laundromats and People think you just go there, collect money, but it's a tremendous amount of work. Right, right. Would you have done it over again in hindsight? Definitely. Oh my gosh, for sure. The timing, like I said, was crazy because Jeremy, his position was eliminated and we leaned in, but we were open one month before the world shut down because of COVID. So that was the scary part. 
We got through it, though, and this year it's been going gangbusters, thankfully. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. All right. So the short-term rentals, how did you get into that? I had been exposed to them through clients' properties I've sold and got to see the inside as far as the financials for listing and selling them to others. So that was definitely intriguing. A client of mine had been interested in properties locally. And when I had approached him about a commercial listing I had, he said, we're actually buying in Florida now. We're buying vacation rentals and they're very lucrative. And again, that gut feeling that maybe we should try it and do it. And we work 24 seven. Maybe we should have a place to go on vacation to that other people pay for was the initial thought path. And then we bought it. We started from scratch and had a property manager and then other properties locally in our area came up for sale. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to do this locally. And I talk about it in a book that I have just released recently, but literally the first one, when I bought it, we mostly bought the property because it was 10 acres. It was near our home and we wanted to have that control of the land and everything else. And my business plan showed it making maybe 30 grand a year. And last year it did 80 grand. And this year it's due to do $90,000. They make so much more money than traditional rentals. And what's on the 10 acres? Lots of views for like 20 and 30 miles and deer and a lot of nothing. (laughs) So is it a house and then it's on 10 acres? Correct. It is a chalet style modular home on a raised basement and it has decks all around it and views for miles. So it's like a mountain home basically. And it sits on a hilltop and close to town, but no neighbors. So people rent that for the experience. Definitely. Got it. And how about the office buildings? As far as? Investments. We have real estate offices. 
We have other traditional offices. We recently purchased a 10,000 square foot old 1880s brick building on the main street in our town that has eight different commercial spaces in it too. I love having the diversity of all of it, especially after years like last year. <laughs> Repeat that one more time. The, yes. per, the, the purchase that you just made, what was that? It was a 10,000 square foot 1880s building. And what kind of condition is it in today? It's in great condition. It was well-maintained. Okay. And it was in the same family for over 100 years. Was it fully leased? No. It was about 75% occupied. What types of tenants are in there? There is everything from a bank to an orthodontist to a gas company. And then we're going to be occupying some space ourselves. Any apartments or is it all commercial? It's all commercial. Okay. So it's a bit of a value add because you bought it with 75% occupancy. Exactly. Yeah. What kind of returns do you think you'll make on that cash on cash returns? Oh gosh. I would say we should see a good return in the next couple of years. When we bought it, we had a hundred thousand of instant equity in it, which was nice. We put about a hundred thousand out of our pocket, and after we have full occupancy, we should be bringing in about a hundred or so a year. Okay, wonderful. And then the land, how did that come about? My husband actually, when we got together, lived on a family farm. His great grandparents bought our property in 1919, and it was an old dairy farm years ago with 86 acres. So we've bought other surrounding properties around it. And we also own a hundred acres up in New York state too, that we bought for hunting and also for the investment and to eventually have a vacation rental on it when the construction is done. And then the gas, oil, and mineral rights. Mm -hmm. Are you mining anything right now? Because of the state of the world right now, the gas industry has slowed down very much in our area. The cost of gas prices has gone down so much since 10 years ago. Back at that point, all the gas companies were trying to get here into the Marcellus and Utica shales and developing it. And it just wasn't profitable the last few years because of the gas prices. So the new drilling hasn't been happening as often, but they are still have the existing ones that are connected producing. And did you buy the land because of what's buried underneath? Actually, no. We bought it mostly just, this sounds silly, but for our own use and sentimental value. And they don't make more land. So anytime we have an opportunity to do that, we try and do it. Good. So in terms of investing in real estate, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give that residential investor that thinks commercial is too difficult, too much money, too big of a learning curve? I would honestly say that I have had some doozies of traditional tenants. That commercial is just so much more streamlined. The financing is honestly easier because they look at totally different things. And it's more of a guaranteed income, especially this past year with all the rent moratoriums. The commercial spaces still had to pay rent, whereas the other landlords were affected with their tenants potentially not having to with the state of the world. But definitely... I can sleep at night knowing that they're taking care of my properties because they have people coming into them and they want to maintain them. Whereas we've had tenants catch houses on fire and leave them disgusting and all sorts of damage. And when you look at the potential income, it's night and day. Yeah. So when you say that the commercial tenants have to pay rent, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? They are obligated with their lease and because of these government incentives that have been out there for 
residential tenants to potentially not have to pay. There's been no evictions happening. It's unfortunate in some instances for the businesses that have had to close. It's more cut and dry, but on the landlord side of it, it's more guaranteed income. And have you had commercial tenants that broke a lease? No. Okay. I'll give you my opinion on Mm -hmm. that and how I handle things. If it's a national tenant, if Starbucks is one of your tenants and they say, hey, we're going to leave early and Mm -hmm. break our 10-year lease, you say, well, no, you really can't. You have a 10-year lease. It's corporate guaranteed. And you're really not going to hurt their pockets, right? Right. I think they have 90,000 stores out there. They signed a lease. They're big boys and girls, and they're obligated to pay, and they know that. When you have a dentist, an orthodontist, a small business, a flower shop, a hair salon, even though they sign that three, four, five-year lease, Mm -hmm. if their business goes out and they can't afford to pay you rent, Mm -hmm. then there's really not a lot to go after because now you're digging into their pockets, right? right? So the way that I look at that is during that eviction moratorium and when we had the whole lockdown, mm-hmm. I only had one tenant, that was a salon, ask if they can have two months of no rent. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No problem. I had another tenant who said, hey, I can't afford to pay you this month. She was a photographer. But when I get my stimulus check next month, I will give you that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very noble of her. She was a new tenant. I was curious to see if she was going to actually follow through with that. And sure thing, she paid two months when she got her stimulus check. And then I told her that was an awesome thing to do. Your next rent is on me. Mm-hmm. But unless you have a national tenant, a tenant can break their lease. And unless you're going to sue them and try to go after their personal assets, right. it's not as cut and dry, right? And that's my opinion. Right. When you have a regional company, when you have a corporate back lease, It's more guaranteed during any shutdowns or whatever. You can choose to work with them, but you know that you're not personally hurting them if you choose not to. But I do like what you said. They don't destroy your place because they're professionals. They're business owners, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Versus professional tenants who I've had the same experience with and have houses destroyed. They were given pristine houses and they were just destroyed. So thank you for sharing that. Case by case, you have to have a heart. It all depends on the circumstances and everything else. I've worked with tenants and I've worked with my residential tenants also. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You do the right thing. So if you're just a residential tenant, if they're trying to do the right thing, like you said, you work with them. But Mm -hmm. if they are just professional tenants. Oh, yeah. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th. Back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before. But what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? 
That's a problem. And the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. What's next for you? You've done some crazy stuff. Land, car wash, 150-year-old buildings. Yeah. We really are leaning into the vacation around the short-term rental aspect of things. And I would love to develop a property and have cabins or tiny houses or everything on it so that we can continue investing in bigger parcels, but also capture that return of the income and offering experiences for people because it's just so rewarding and so much fun. So definitely, I would like to do that and continue to grow that portfolio. And Christina, when you say develop, that's buying land and putting something on there. Correct. Yep. Septics, wells, all the excavating everything. What areas are you looking in? We've been so lucrative where we are in Northern Pennsylvania because it's very rural in the era of social distancing. It's been a big thing. We also have rentals in Gatlinburg. That's another mountainous area. We've recently sold ours in Florida just because you buy low, sell high. And we had to because it was ridiculous how high the prices were going for. But definitely, I think our go-to is just high travel tourist areas that you can buy at an affordable price and then really capture on the income and the investing side of it. Pennsylvania, is that going to be a seasonal rental or is that rented year round? Ours are year round. It's unbelievable. Even when there's snow and ice, we have turnovers the same day. It blows my mind. And is it families? Is it people coming out to hunt? Primarily couples, families, I see a lot of multi-generational families traveling together and with short-term rentals, they generally have more space than someone staying at a hotel room. So they can do that and all stay together. And because that market is so hot, mm-hmm. are you able to find a deal on something that's ready to go turnkey short-term yeah. rental? I have. Last year, we bought one in Gatlinburg that was an existing vacation rental and literally closed on it. I did a 1031 exchange selling one of my single family rentals. And the first month it grossed over five grand and it was literally furnished. I had to do nothing but transfer the utilities. (laughs) So that's one of the hottest vacation areas around. How did you get a deal on that? It was one of those timing is everything moments honestly we were selling a property here and I'm like I didn't want to pay capital gains I'm like what am I going to reinvest it into and it was just fate I was sitting down found the place on Zillow we looked at it via FaceTime and it had been under contract and the lady who was buying it had lost her job what was had a leave of absence with it so she didn't want to buy it anymore and we were the first people to inquire on it and the rest is history would you build another car wash 
Definitely. Would you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. My husband manages that and he's the guy that does day to day. And one of my kids does like after school, he'll go and clean it. But now that we have gone through it and all the complexities of it and have kind of ironed it out, we definitely would. The first year was so scary because there was no traffic and it was a huge undertaking. Car washes are such a complex project, but now I think we have that branding and we would definitely continue to. Is that a franchised car wash or is that one no, that you that just... No, one that I came up with the name, the logo, the design, the colors and everything. What's the name of it? Tioga Street Car Wash. Okay. So if you open another one, you're not going to be able to call it Tioga Street Car Wash. It might be the Tioga too. Ah, okay. All right. Awesome. Christina, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say that my best real estate investing advice ever is, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, you can get into the game. When I bought my first house, I had $3,000 of my own money down which then turned into 40,000 in equity, which then was 60 and just has continued to grow. Sometimes you have to get creative, but you have to commit and figure it out. Like Grant Cardone says in the 10X rule, you commit and you figure it out later. (laughs) And don't listen to your dad when he says, don't do it. Exactly. Don't listen to people who have not been there themselves. Yeah. My parents did the same thing to me. It actually cost me about 10 years because I had, I think it was a four family. I was going to live in one. Mm-hmm. and rent out the others I had it all set and they were like hey that's such a dumb thing to do we lost a ton of money in real estate why would you do that yeah. and I'm like oh no it made me rethink everything yeah took a 10-year pause and then got into it and found my calling yeah so yeah thanks mom and dad <laughs> yeah yeah Christina are you ready for the best ever lightning round I am I think <laughs> all right Christina what's the best ever book you recently read The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. What was your big takeaway from that? I think that my biggest takeaway was we all think that there's an end game. There's a final destination. And we forget that life and careers and investing and everything is infinite. And it continually changes and grows. So you have to continue to do the right thing and have integrity along the way. And it will come back around. And I really liked it a lot. Christina, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I love coaching people and building them up and getting them out of their comfort zones. We do a lot locally also with co-drives and we have a car show coming up in the near future. That's a charity benefit at our car wash. But ultimately around the board, I just like to encourage and empower people to get out of their comfort zones. Christina, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Definitely connect with me on social media. On Instagram, it's Christina Vandergrift. And also my website would be the best. It's Christina-Vandergrift.com. And I have my blog. I do coaching. I have courses on investing in real estate and short-term rentals also. And you mentioned a book. Tell me about that. Yes. So my book is Vacation Rentals, The Ultimate Guide. You can get it through my website. It's also on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. It has all the highs and lows and trials and errors. And it's a streamlined guide for you to get into the industry yourself and even coaches you if you don't have down money, how to creatively come up with it too. Christina, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Your can-do attitude along with your free spirit has gotten you where you are today with starting out as a realtor, your first rental property and going into commercial properties, owning the brokerage that your mom had 
what an amazing journey. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you very much for having me. Best ever listeners, thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.